Section 5 of Flatland by Edwin Abbott Abbott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Linda Olson Fytak, Los Angeles. Of our methods of recognizing one another. You, who are blessed with shade as well as light. You, who are gifted with two eyes, endowed with a knowledge of perspective, and charmed with the enjoyment of various colours. You, who can actually see an angle, and contemplate the complete circumference of a circle in the happy region of the three dimensions. How shall I make it clear to you the extreme difficulty which we in Flatland experience in recognising one another's configuration? Recall what I told you above. All beings in Flatland, animate and inanimate, no matter what their form, present to our view the same, or nearly the same, appearance, namely that of a straight line. How then can one be distinguished from another, where all appear the same? The answer is threefold. The first means of recognition is the sense of hearing, which with us is far more highly developed than with you, and which enables us not only to distinguish by the voice of our personal friends, but even to discriminate between different classes, at least so far as concerns the three lowest orders, the equilateral, the square, and the pentagon. For the isosceles, I take no account. But as we ascend the social scale, the process of discriminating and being discriminated by hearing increases in difficulty, partly because voices are assimilated, partly because the faculty of voice discrimination is a plebeian virtue not much developed among the aristocracy. And wherever there is any danger of imposture, we cannot trust to this method. Among our lowest orders, the vocal organs are developed to a degree more than correspondent with those of hearing, so that an isosceles can easily feign the voice of a polygon, and with some training, that of a circle himself. A second method is therefore more commonly resorted to. Feeling is, among our women and lower classes, about our upper classes, I shall speak presently, the principal test of recognition at all events between strangers, and when the question is, not as to the individual, but as to the class. What, therefore, introduction is among the higher classes in Spaceland, that the process of feeling is with us? Permit me to ask you to feel and be felt by my friend Mr. So-and-so, is still among the more old-fashioned of our country gentlemen in districts remote from towns, the customary formula for a flatland introduction. But in the towns, and among men of business, the words be felt by are omitted, and the sentence is abbreviated to let me ask you to feel Mr. So-and-so, although it is assumed, of course, that the feeling is to be reciprocal. 
among our still more modern and dashing young gentlemen, who are extremely averse to superfluous effort and supremely indifferent to the purity of their native language, the formula is still further curtailed by the use of to feel in a technical sense, meaning to recommend for the purposes of feeling and being felt. And at this moment, the slang of polite or vast society in the upper classes sanctions such a barbarism as Mr. Smith, permit me to feel Mr. Jones. Let not my reader, however, suppose that feeling is with us the tedious process that it would be with you, or that we find it necessary to feel right round all the sides of every individual before we determine the class to which he belongs. Long practice and training, begun in the schools and continued in the experience of daily life, enable us to discriminate at once by the sense of touch between the angles of an equal-sided triangle, square, and pentagon. And I need not say that the brainless vertex of an acute-angled isosceles is obvious to the dullest touch. It is therefore not necessary, as a rule, to do more than feel a single angle of an individual, and this, once ascertained, tells us the class of the person whom we are addressing, unless indeed he belongs to the higher sections of the nobility. There the difficulty is much greater. Even a master of arts in our University of Wentbridge has been known to confuse a ten-sided with a twelve-sided polygon. And there is hardly a doctor of science in or out of that famous university who could pretend to decide promptly and unhesitatingly between a twenty-sided and a twenty-four-sided member of the aristocracy. Those of my readers who recall the extracts I gave above from the legislative code concerning women will readily perceive that the process of introduction by contact requires some care and discretion. Otherwise the angles might inflict on the unwary feeling irreparable injury. It is essential for the safety of the feeler that the felt should stand perfectly still. A start, a fidgety shifting of the position, yes, even a violent sneeze, has been known before now to prove fatal to the incautious and to nip in the bud many a promising friendship. Especially is this true among the lower classes of the triangles. With them, the eye is situated so far from their vertex that they can scarcely take cognizance of what goes on at that extremity of their frame. They are, moreover, of a rough, coarse nature, not sensitive to the delicate touch of the highly organized polygon. What wonder, then, if an involuntary toss of the head has ere now deprived the state of a valuable life? I have heard that my excellent grandfather, 
one of the least irregular of his unhappy isosceles class, who indeed obtained, shortly before his decease, four out of seven votes from the sanitary and social board for passing him into the class of the equal-sided, often deplored with a tear in his venerable eye a miscarriage of this kind which had occurred to his great-great-great-grandfather a respectable working man with an angle or brain of fifty-nine degrees thirty minutes according to his account my unfortunately ancestor being afflicted with rheumatism and in the act of being felt by a polygon by one sudden start accidentally transfixed the great man through the diagonal and thereby partly in consequence of his long imprisonment and degradation and partly because of the moral shock which pervaded the whole of my ancestors relations threw back our family a degree and a half in their ascent towards better things the result was that in the next generation the family brain was registered at only fifty-eight degrees and not till the lapse of five generations was the lost ground recovered the full sixty degrees attained and the ascent from the isosceles finally achieved and all this series of calamities from one little accident in the process of feeling at this point i think i hear some of my better educated readers exclaim how could you in flatland know anything about angles and degrees or minutes we see an angle because we in the region of space can see two straight lines inclined to one another but you who can see nothing but one straight line at a time or at all events only a number of bits of straight lines all in one straight line how can you ever discern an angle and much less register angles of different sizes i answer that though we cannot see angles we can infer them and this with great precision our sense of touch stimulated by necessity and developed by long training enables us to distinguish angles far more accurately than your sense of sight when unaided by a rule or measure of angles nor must i omit to explain that we have great natural helps it is with us a law of nature that the brain of the isosceles class shall begin at half a degree or thirty minutes and shall increase if it increases at all by half a degree in every generation until the goal of sixty degrees is reached when the condition of serfdom is quitted and the free man enters the class of regulars consequently nature herself supplies us with an ascending scale or alphabet of angles for half a degree up to sixty degrees specimen of which are placed in every elementary school throughout the land owing to occasional retrogressions 
to still more frequent moral and intellectual stagnation and to the extraordinary fecundity of the criminal and vagabond classes there is always a vast superfluity of individuals of the half-degree and single-degree class and a fair abundance of specimens up to ten degrees these are absolutely destitute of civil rights and a great number of them not having even intelligence enough for the purposes of warfare are devoted by the states to the service of education fettered immovably so as to remove all possibility of danger they are placed in the classrooms of our infant schools and there they are utilized by the board of education for the purpose of imparting to the offspring of the middle classes the tact and intelligence which these wretched creatures themselves are utterly devoid in some states the specimens are occasionally fed and suffered to exist for several years but in the more temperate and better regulated regions it is found in the long run more advantageous for the educational interests of the young to dispense with food and to renew the specimens every month which is about the average duration of the foodless existence of the criminal class in the cheaper schools what is gained by the longer existence of the specimen is lost partly in the expenditure for food and partly in the diminished accuracy of the angles which are impaired after a few weeks of constant feeling nor must we forget to add in enumerating the advantages of the more expensive system that it tends though slightly yet perceptibly to the diminution of the redundant isosceles population an object which every statesman in flatland constantly keeps in view on the whole therefore although i am not ignorant that in many popularly elected school boards there is a reaction in favour of the cheap system as it is called i am myself disposed to think that this is one of the many cases in which expense is the truest economy but i must not allow questions of school board politics to divert me from my subject enough has been said i trust to show that recognition by feeling is not so tedious or indecisive a process as might have been supposed and it is obviously more trustworthy than recognition by hearing still there remains as has been pointed out above the objection that this method is not without danger for this reason many in the middle and lower classes and all without exception in the polygonal and circular orders prefer a third method the description of which shall be reserved for the next section. End of section five. Recording by Linda Olson Fitak, Los Angeles.